Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my faithful companion, Danielle Caroli. How's it going? That's a nice introduction this week. What did I do to deserve that? Uh, you didn't buy any goats. Yet. <laughs> Yet. So yeah. you haven't you haven't pulled the trigger on any Nigerians or Olomancho or any New Sanans or Nubians. And speaking of Nigerians, Olomancho and Sanans, Danielle, we have a guest this week. And yes, I'm jumping right into it at the top of the episode. So this week, we are joined by returning guest, Kate Cockburn of Kate's Little Farm. Kate is a Nigerian dwarf breeder and Sanan and Token La Mancha. We'll get into that. And an ADGA licensed judge. He's the alternative ADGA youth rep and an all-star college student balances school with farming and doesn't skip a beat. He's done very well for himself on a national level, creating superbly strong show strings of does. With shows coming up in the next couple of weeks for most people in the country, it's time to start thinking about all the important roster decisions that we make and we call the show string. So today we are talking about what goes into creating the roster and putting together the best show string you can, focusing on the perspective of a smaller herd, such as mine, a medium-sized herd like Danielle's, and a larger herd like Cade's. We're going to talk about what goes into creating the best string of does. Find out right now, and welcome to the show, Cade Cockburn. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Cade, I don't know if the audience really caught that, but I mentioned that you have some sonnets now. That is true. I, I made that official, made it Facebook official today that there are now two sonnets in my barn. Um, but just so everybody is clear, Nigerians are still my main breed, but don't be surprised if you see me with a couple of big white goats out this year. So it'll be an s- exciting new adventure, hopefully. Well, I think Danielle's a fan as she has her token Sanin too. We'll call her a Sanin, but she's really an experimental with that dot there. Congratulations. And I'm just going to warn you, they are addictive and <laughs> they are amazing animals and they will just take over. And even though I just have my token right now, they are... I don't know. They're like the next step go, I think, that you start with one breed and then you start working with these Sanin or Sanin type does and it just changes things. So be, f- be forewarned on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> Cade, what, what's going on in your life and, and what's on your farm? Like what's what's going on, man? Well, um, I see myself coming and going between living on campus through the week. I'm a college student at Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, um, which thankfully is only about 30 minutes from Cade's Little Farm. So I'm able to have a nice, nice balance between being a normal college student and continuing to be a dairy goat farmer. So I am certainly enjoying that, but it is a very busy time. Um, We're getting, you know, back into milking pretty hard and heavy, We typically milk year-round, but with kidding season happening, um, we're picking back up with our milk production, bringing more more and more does onto the string right now, and just getting ready for for show season, for showing my own animals, in addition to having judging assignments all over the country this year. So it's a busy time, but I'm certainly loving every minute of it. You you certainly are a go-getter, man. I don't know where you get all that energy. Ah, to be young again. Since I saw a post recently with your mom, can we can we have a conversation with your mom about how she needs to put her Crocs in four-wheel drive and stay away from the mud even when mowing? 
Well, um, I don't know if she would come on a podcast to discuss that. <laughs> She she would def I'm sure she would definitely have a good time talking with you about that. Um, we are I don't know if you saw in my picture today of the Sonic Kid that I posted, but I'm also a Croc fan. But thankfully, I just know to avoid the mud if I'm ever mowing. Although typically, she makes that her job because she likes to make sure it's done right. I'm a Croc guy too, but I know when to put it in four wheel. I think you know it's like they say men are better drivers. Danielle, I'm sorry. But oh, we know we know when to put it in four wheel drive. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even want to touch that one. I think we just move right along. But well, moving right along, Danielle, what's going on with you? It's the catch up, I guess, before the next round of babies. So we're working on making sure all of my kids are on the bucket and I have eight of my 10 really rocking it. I have one young bucket who's just a week old who sometimes he really gets it and sometimes he doesn't. And then I have a spoiled two-week-old baby who has decided that she will only take a bottle from me. <laughs> but I found out this morning that if somebody else feeds her, she will jump right on the bucket or the bar, excuse me. She will drink from that bar. Can I get her on the bar? Absolutely not. She refuses like nobody's business. Yeah, so I have a spoiled Nubian Doe kid. <laughs> And maybe eventually we'll get her on the bar. But at this point, it's just what it is. And I just bring two bottles up with me and the eight get fed on the bar. And I give this bucket a little bit of milk because he's just not necessarily the most intelligent of animals. And he's not even a good bottle feeder. Half the time I just go, and this sounds horrible, but... I feed him and I kind of have a system of how I feed kids when they're on the bottle and I feed him and he doesn't make the system work. And so I walk away going, did I, are you sure you got enough? Are we, am I really feeding you well enough? And so he's a struggle bus. And then my other doe kid just refuses. It's just what it is. So going on there. It's actually it's funny that Cade, you uh, made an announcement this week with your or today with your your new son, and I did something that I said I wouldn't do a couple episodes again, and that was I added an Oberhasli doe into my herd, a, a nice fancy junior Oberhasli doe kid. So super <gasps> excited with her! I know, I know. I said I wasn't going to do it; that I was set. But when opportunity knocks you open the door you gotta right? catch them all yeah you gotta catch them all with that pokemon name right so super excited with her there was some sad stuff that happened on the farm this this week we uh we sold our guernseys and they left to their new home in michigan so it was sad to see them go um, as much as i disliked some stuff about them they were pretty sweet goats so uh, sad to see him go, but happy that they have a really nice home in, in Michigan and they'll do cool stuff for the breed still. Yes. And congratulations on your new addition. I'm excited that she's at your farm and the cat's out of the bag. And I just think she's going to be a fun addition and I can't wait to see her. Well, two out of the three of us added something new this year. So that means, Danielle, you got to kind of play catch up. No pressure, right? No pressure. <laughs> well, I think that's good for the updates of our farm. Sounds like we're all being very productive goat farmers out here. Uh, let's get into a little bit of ad good news, and then we'll get right into our topic, which I can't wait to talk about. Uh, so, Danielle, what, what do we have going on in Adga land? Well, I'll go through it really quick. We talked, I believe it was last episode or two episodes ago, about the Champion Challenge postal ballot that was put out there that has been withdrawn due to system issues, I believe, is the best kind of way to put it. 
And so stay tuned for what that'll mean. The 2023 guidebook is available for download for anybody who wants to have a copy. And a little pro tip is you can download it onto your phone. And if you have a Kindle app, which is a free download, or even the books app on your iPhone, you can store it there or files for PDFs. You can store it on your phone and you can even search it so that this way, if you need it when you're out and about, you can find what you need on that. And then, just because I know everybody's also getting these lists, but I'm really excited because I received a email that I have a rough time estimate and I had to submit my currently owned list for linear appraisal. So I'm just excited. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I'm excited to see, how, you know, I'm just excited for the progression of that program for this year. Yeah, I'm hoping that I have goats left to get scored. I got the same currently owned list, but man, I'm calling pretty hard. So we'll see if I have any milkers left. <laughs> it's only a few months away. We should be good. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get right into the topic. And and yeah, this week uh, we're thinking about show season. The weather's getting warmer. I mean, shoot, it was 90 degrees here yesterday. So I'm thinking about show season, and and we're all thinking about it. The first shows the excitement for them. So we're just going to start out framing this conversation. When you go to a show, what is your goal for the day? And we'll start with Cade. So there's a lot of different things that I'm thinking about when I go to a show. Obviously it may be a little different for me than it is for you guys because I'm showing Nigerians and I don't know if you guys have realized this or not, but there's normally a lot of them. At every show you go to. Quite a few. Are you sh- yes. Really? Yes. Breaking <laughs> news, everybody. Um, but I typically, a goal of mine typically is to bring home a rosette. Um, that might be a pretty simple goal, but getting everybody to the show healthy, getting everybody to the ring on time, trying my best to have goats that are able to lead without dragging themselves through pine shavings setting up properly and hopefully making it out with a yellow and black rosette or two. And if, if that that'll happen, I'll be pretty excited when I go to a show. I think that's a really good goal to have when you're going to a show. Uh, Daniel, what do you have going on in your brain when you're going to a show? What are your goals? My goal is very similar and obviously it's a goal. So it's not what happens every time, but I am looking to get that rosette for a doe, get a leg on a doe as well, and or multiple legs for a multiple ring show, making sure the show I'm attending is going to be official for that breed is a factor as well. So the rosette, the leg that kind of comes with it is a goal for me when I go out and show that day. Michael is kind of different, and that is to make sure that Tierney doesn't want to kill me because I run off to talking goats and Alice is running around like a crazed lunatic. Just kidding. Uh, but also <laughs> very, is, but also not kidding. Yeah, also, you know, keeping that in the back of my brain whenever I'm at a show. For me, it's also, we're still quite, we're still a young program and my animals are young, so... If I get a reserve or a grand, that's great. But I also just, especially those early shows, I just kind of want to get some experience. Now in juniors, yeah, I expect to get a leg on something when I go. That's th- Those are my goals. As we're talking about our goals, I also think it's really important to introduce our herds in kind of numbers fashion. And obviously goat math is a thing. And so we don't necessarily need exact numbers, but... Can we get a rough estimate, Kate, of how many animals you have in your herd and maybe even the breakdown of milkers, dry yearlings, kids? We can even throw bucks in if you want, but really focusing on those does. So I just want to make the statement that I try not to be a buck hoarder, and I think I do a pretty good job of it. There are only four of them out there right now, and I think that's important to keep your 
Uh, keep a pretty central group of bucks and keep your lines pretty tight. So four bucks, I do know that number off the top of my head. I normally freshen about 30 does. I'm not typically going to have 30 does in milk for the entirety of the year. Typically, we like to get down to milking about 15 to 18 goats. So between selling some um, selling some animals, maybe drying up a couple of older finished champions later in the year, typically we're going to be milking about somewhere from that 15 to 20 number. Um, kids right now, I don't even know. I might plead the fifth on that one. Let's just say <laughs> that's about, fine. I probably have about 65 or 70 goats on the property right now, including including some kids that have been born this year. So that's a very rough breakdown of what I've got going on in the barn. Daniel, what are you working with? Because, you know, Cade's the larger herd. You're the medium size. So what are you working with with yours? We have not including kids this year, which I guess I could include my keeper kids. We have currently... 22 animals that will be here at least for a little bit and that includes our two bucks we have so right now and my kidding season isn't over and i do hope to retain a few doe kids from those later does that are kidding but we have three kids that will be here for 2023 we have three dry yearlings which that number will probably change. And then we are milking or we will be milking 11 does. And I think that number is going to change as well, but figure we're in the roughly around 20 goats any at any given time kind of area. And we'll probably be milking somewhere between eight to 10 does. Once I start really evaluating everybody this year. I'm the small herd. We uh, have, we'll have five milkers by the time everybody's fresh. We'll have, we have two bucks. We'll have two dry yearlings and we'll have three doe kids. So we, we cut down really hard so far this year. Um, And that's just kind of where we're at this year with our program. We're making really tough decisions. Uh, But yeah, we're small. So that's what what we got small potatoes no but this is a i i think this is great and as we were kind of discussing framing this episode i do think it offers a great different perspective and having three different levels of number of animals really does change things as we get further into kind of these questions and and i think that's a good question to ask right before we start this question which is we all create our own show strings right and for those listening at home, they're like, what's a show string? It's literally just the lineup of animals that you bring to a show. Usually you have your milking, your senior doe show string, and then your junior doe show string. Firstly, what's the perfect size string at a club show level for you guys? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to vary depending on which club show we're at, what time of year, what time of year we're in. But I'm thinking back last year to Sedalia, Missouri, when we went to the Memorial Day show. I think I took six milkers and two dry yearlings. And I'm getting to the point where having a smaller show string like that makes shows for me much more enjoyable. I think it's just really nice to be able to have a couple of animals to take in to each class um, while still bringing animals to the show that you know are able to compete instead of just bringing goats for the sake of bringing them. So that would kind of be my philosophy on club shows. You don't have to bring a huge number. Um, if you have them, that's good to get them out there to get the experience. But for me right now where I'm at in my breeding program, I've been taking a smaller string to club shows. That way I'm able to spread that string out over the entire show season instead of taking every goat out every weekend, if that makes sense. It does. And I think it's also nice to have a smaller show string because yeah, it is less stressful, but also you're not running around trying to find friends that have to, you know, grab a collar and go in the ring with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you, you know, if you have one in each age class or even two, it's much easier to ask one person. instead of be like, Hey, I've got five in this class. Do we have five people around that can help? You know? 
Then when you're taking five goats into a ring, that was one thing I had considered as well. You got to find five different handlers. A lot of times you're not going to go to the show with five handlers lined up. So like you said, John, you're finding them ringside. Are these people that you're finding necessarily going right. to show your goats the way that you want them showed, shown? You never know until you get them out there. And it's also harder for you as an exhibitor with five in one class to keep track of the comments that are being made about each of those goats. For me, if I'm taking a couple of goats into the ring, I'm better able to focus on, you know, the reasonings that that judge gave and why they placed where they did. And that's harder to do when you have so many goats in one class. Daniel, what do you got going on for uh, your show string each show? It's actually, even though we have different numbers, my show string is pretty similar to Cade's. And I usually plan to take four to five milking does out. And for an early club show, I'm probably only going to take a yearling or two out. I don't take my kids out. And I have standard does, so it's not even a avoiding taking those little Nigerians out. I'm just not taking my doe kids out until they're older. It's just not worth the stress on them. And it, I don't really find it fun. So I much prefer to pamper my milkers and make sure I have enough time with those milkers that they all have time on the stand to eat their grain before the show. Their mammary systems are clipped well. Even if we're having uneven mammary systems issues or if they just didn't fill correctly, I have enough time to kind of figure that out where they are and make sure they're presented at their best. So it usually for a club show, it'll only be four or five milking does and then a dry yearling or two but that also depends dry yearlings and myself with our program we don't we raise our does to be dry yearlings but I never really push the dry yearlings to be really growthy large animals they just kind of sometimes I just feel that they're not quite the size of what you need to be competitive. So sometimes they'll just sit in the barn too um, and just relax with everybody else there. But that's basically very similar for me of what my show string consists of for a club show. And mine's, mine's very similar to you guys, except for the fact that I do tend to take out juniors and it's very, it's very calculated why I do at least that's the excuse I tell myself <laughs> is uh, that's when they get trained on the collar and the first and second ring that they see, they're pretty wild but by the third ring. They're, they're old hats and they're broken in. Uh, also, I don't mind having a kid go into the ring and get grand champion. I've had it happen and I'm like, all right, that's one less animal that I have to get a restricted leg on. Um, so I don't mind showing kids. It's not my funnest chore to do because it's just who wants to bend over that. Sorry, Kate, but who wants to bend over that low and all the time to show an animal? Um, for me, it's just I don't like to do it too often. But by the time they've seen a couple of rings and I'm I'm happy and and we kind of ease off on bringing all of the juniors. Uh, but we also bring. Uh, we have a light load for milkers, so usually we'll bring anybody that's in the barn. Uh, this year, I'm going to be showing finished champions, and so I'll be bringing out all five milkers and then the two dry yearlings and then whatever kids. Now, let's we talked about club shows, but what about, does that change for you? And we'll start with Cade, if it's a fair. I think it will a little, especially if... A, there's premium money involved, and B, if you have a chance at getting um, an award such as Premier Breeder or Premier Exhibitor, when you have those awards mm -hmm. on the line, I think it's important to have just a larger number of goats there because that is going to help you out in the long run as far as total points towards that Premier Exhibitor banner. Um, so the main, the main fair that we go to is going to be the Illinois State Fair, and we'll typically I'll typically take, you know, 
10 to 12 milkers to that because I want to be able to make a dairy herd. I want to have a couple in each class um, because that stacks it for premium money. And again, if there are premier breeder or, or premier exhibitor awards on the line and typically to those fair shows as well, I'll take, I'll normally take a few kids if, but cause by that time, normally they've had a little bit of practice in the ring. Normally they are a little better on the lead than what they would have been in an early spring club show. So I like taking some kids out to those as well, just to have some best three junior does, junior get of sire, those type of classes you can stack as well for a fair show. So my outlook is a little different on a fair show in late August as it would be for a spring show in mid-May. No, that's exactly for me as well. When I start doing my fair entries, I always look and say, okay, did I make a get of sire? Do I need to bring somebody who's been hanging in the barn for a while and just pull her out to hit that get of sire? Am I going to have enough for this? Or am I bringing out a finished champion who hasn't really been out for the spring shows because she's done her job? She's strutted her stuff multiple times and now I want her to have a competitive dairy herd. So maybe she'll come out instead. And then the other thing for me that I always try and consider is, so my big fair that we go to, and there's other fairs we attend depending on our schedule, but the big fair for us is the Dutchess County Fair. And we're there for eight to nine days. And so one of the considerations for me is who am I leaving home and what kind of work is that going to entail for my farm sitter? So sometimes all the milkers have to come because it doesn't make sense to just leave two home for somebody to milk. It's a lot easier to find somebody to just feed hay and grain and give water to the bucks and a few retired does than it is to find somebody who can milk two does and milk them by hand because I'll have the milk machine. Or sometimes in the past, we've been in the position where I'll actually leave more more milkers at home when our numbers are a little heavier in the milkers department that I'll leave more does at home and then only have a few milkers at the fair. So the biggest consideration for me is who's where and how is that making that work? So that's just something I always consider. You took the words right out of my mouth. Rinse and repeat and add (laughs) Oberhausley to that. And that's what I do. (laughs) So what about national show? Is it kind of the same deal or are you bringing more numbers or what's, what, what are you thinking about when you're coming up with your show string for nationals? So for me, it's going to be pretty similar to what I'm going to do for a larger fair. Um, And I might even take more numbers to a national show. If we're going to make the trek and I'm going to spend 10 days, 12 days traveling, being there, I want to take a competitive, a large competitive group of animals that can give me the greatest chance at, you know, in my case, the last few years, Nigerian premier youth exhibitor, premier youth exhibitor of show. Um, just Nigerian premier breeder and premier exhibitor overall. In addition to those youth embedded points, that's something to consider for um, our youth exhibitors as well who are going to be going to nationals. My rule of thumb is I like to have two per class at a national show. So by the time you think of two junior kids, two intermediate kids, all the way through for every junior class and almost two per class in every milker class, I'm typically going to have 20... 22-ish goats at a national show. And it goes back to creating a dairy herd, creating a junior get of sire, a senior get of sire if you can, a dairy herd. It really goes back to if I'm going to take the time to go to an event as large as the national show and um, travel across the country with them, I want to take a competitive group of animals to do that and get the most points possible towards those awards that you get points for at the end. That makes a lot of sense. And I... It's funny because in so many of these, we've been pretty spot on. And I'm going to flip it and say that I, if I'm going, when I'm going to the nationals, I do something completely different. And I tend to bring only a few animals, probably closer to what 
that club show level would be. But I'm also recognizing that with my herd size, I'm most likely not going to be in the running for any of those point um, point awards just simply because I don't have enough. And even if I were to bring everything in my barn, I don't have enough to put multiple animals in this class and multiple animals in this class and break it down like that. It's just the numbers aren't there. And so then what I want to take out, I want to be... I want to have the best representation of my herd. If I can make a group class, I will, but I don't necessarily stress about that. I'm more concerned about the individual animals. And again, it's just sheer size. My get, instead of having potentially five does that I can pick from to get three or seven does to pick from to get three or whatever that number is, I might only have three. And maybe there's two strong ones and a mediocre one who's younger or however it works. Or I might, sometimes I don't even really have a good milking get depending on how it all goes. So I'm definitely more focused on the individual than the big picture when it comes to that national show. And so I tend to go small with that. See, I tend to live by the... If it has a pulse and it passes, you know, gets on the CVI and passes health inspection and it doesn't have testicles, it's common. Well, but this also goes back to that conversation of your chore help at home. You are at that number where kind of like with myself at fair, sometimes it makes more sense to bring everybody because... Otherwise, it's one doe at home, two kids at home where it is versus saying, okay, no, there's five does in milk or there's 10 does in milk. There's 15 does in milk at home. It makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. As long as it's healthy and I think it's, like you said, a good representation, then it definitely comes. And knock on wood, you know, last year we didn't have to leave anything. But um, who knows for the future what what it's going to look like. Uh, Now... People are probably like, man, what what does this matter? Like, why are these guys treating this like it's calculus? Just bring your goats. But why does it matter to you who you take to a show? Like, it, why why are we stressing this so much? Well, for me, it is calculus. And I was so excited when you asked me to come on to ringside for this specific topic. Because um, if anybody ever sees me daydreaming... I'm typically going to be daydreaming about show season and creating my show string because I think it's incredibly important. Um, goat shows are fun. It, the camaraderie of it, the social aspect is very fun. That Ultimately, I want to go to goat shows to keep my herd visible and for people to get an idea of the quality that I'm producing, uh, that Cade's Little Farm is producing. DHI and Linear Appraisal are going to prove your goat's on data and on numbers, but it's the show ring where people are going to be able to see your goats in person, maybe even put their hands on your animals. It's where your name is really going to get out there. So for me, I want to create a show string that kind of like Danielle said, that best represents my herd because that's what people are going to be seeing. And that's what people are going to be thinking of when they think of Kate's little farm. That's I, I didn't think you were going to like, get to that part of it and I, but i'm so glad you did because it, it's true uh i'm i'm a very young herd you know i have a very young herd so we were we've been able to kind of gain some traction because we've seen people at shows that we go to you know we're going eight nine shows a year and but also it's you're calculating it because let's face it having a finished champion means something in this industry not all the time, but a lot of times when buyers are looking at animals, the first ones they're going to look at is your finished champions. They're going to be like, oh, I want a son or daughter out of that one. You know, They're finished. They have LA scores. They got DHI records, everything. Um, that's where they're going to look. So you're right. It is also good for marketing. Well, and then it also matters because as it is a representation of your herd and what you're putting out there, but it also matters because it kind of, you have to address the question of 
is this the right time to bring out this animal? There is a strategy behind it because as we all raise dairy goats and freshen dairy goats each year and see the changes in their mammary systems and get to know our animals and see that progression of how they're developing and maturing, you start to know, okay, this doe is a next year doe. She has the pieces. I like her, but she needs a little bit more time. So am I taking her out and allowing everybody to see her and have this opinion of her when I know in a year or two, she's going to be a completely different goat? Or do I want somebody to see this doe and maybe she's older and she got a little bit weak on her pasterns and do you want that out there? Or is it that this doe was, everybody knew this doe in her prime. So let's keep it. They remember her that way. When creating a show string, do you guys take into account how a doe is particularly looking before you leave for the show? Or do you know who's already leaving the barn no matter what? Like she's going to go. So I guess I can go first with that one. I think it's going to depend on the show and the circumstances leading up to it. But for the most part, I have an idea in my mind of who's going to be going to that show. And I've pretty much made that decision because I think, you know, over the last couple of weeks, she's been looking good and I think she has a chance to compete. So unless there's some type of, you know, unless she comes down with pneumonia or comes down with scours or something right before we were to leave for the show, I'm probably going to take her based on the fact that I've already decided she's going um, for one reason or another. So going back to calculus, guys, are there any strategies or thought processes that influence who goes into your show string? For me, I think a lot of it's going to depend on age of the goat, but kind of looking at a bigger picture, if I am keeping them in my herd, it's because ideally I want them to be able to be shown. So I'm kind of looking at the entire herd in the sense of, I think they should all be able to compete at one point or another. So from that point, once you get to that point, it's deciding, is this my next year goat or is this goat going to be competitive this year? So maybe sometimes I'll have a yearling milker that I think can compete in the yearling milker class. So I'll take her out to get some practice in the ring. But obviously I know she's probably not going to compete for grand or reserve. And I know that maybe some of my two-year-olds and three-year-olds are going to be the ones who are more in contention for that rosette that we talked about earlier on. Um, So for me, ideally everybody who's in my barn will be able to make it to the show ring. It's just deciding when the right time is based on how old they are, when they freshened, how many times they freshened, and things of that nature. That makes a lot of sense, and I know we kind of talked about it, but... Each doe is going to have that hot spot of time where they're really going to be the best they can be. And are you taking advantage of it? That's always something to consider. And then the other kind of strategy I think that sometimes applies is where are they falling in that age range of what I'm bringing to the show? Do I have, are they an older doe? And I have a bunch of does that are going to be in this over five class or what, however it kind of falls, or do I have three, two-year-olds and those kind of things to influence what's going on and who's going to be in that show string. Because I do think sometimes it changes show to show. Also, it changes based a little bit on who that judges. and. Yes whether or not they are going to like a certain style versus another. And judges are definitely not, we're all not the same human and we all have different eyes. And I know that some judges may not really appreciate my three-year-old who maybe it's a little bit too much hay, but has a beautiful mammary system and Maybe I should be bringing out the four-year-old who might be a little bit too refined for my taste because I think this judge is going to like her better than 
the little bit of a chunk I have on this other dough. Or maybe I know that this judge is a mammary system judge. And so let me bring out a dough that maybe she's not completely of one picture. And if I know the judge is more of a general appearance judge, maybe she'll stay home. But this mammary system could give me enough to go forward and get that rosette. So it's just another thing to kind of think about. And sometimes it plays a role and sometimes I just bring out what I want to bring out. But it is something that I factor in. Kate, you were pretty uh, emphatic there when Danielle mentioned rotating animals based on the judge. Mm -hmm. I, too, have found that there are judges that like certain styles of goat. And I happen to have quite a few different styles uh, in my barn right now as we're building. Uh, So I definitely play that option, although there are times where I'm like, "Ah, I'm going to bring out that chunky dry yearling anyway and and try not to act surprised when the judge definitely doesn't like chunks and she's sitting all the way in the back. But (laughs) but I I do think about what the judge is like, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm going to bring them out. I think it's a, it's something that's important to consider. Um, as Danielle mentioned, judges, we all are going to view things differently. We have that 100-point unified scorecard that kind of guides us and keeps us grounded, but even when going off of that scorecard, goats are going to behave differently from one ring to the next, um, and judges are going to have different interpretations of what those point values mean. So I think that the fact that Danielle brought that up is a really good point because that's mm-hmm. something that I do in my herd as well, especially with Nigerians, because there are a lot of different styles of Nigerians that are out there. And it is a fact that some judges are going to prefer some styles over another. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that just comes down to me as an exhibitor. Um, sometimes choosing my showstring based on what I have seen that judge choose in the past or their track record so to say. Couldn't agree more. And I, when thinking about what does I'm going to bring out, honestly, my biggest fear is burning a milker out. So the reason I have this worry is I had a really hot yearling first freshener who I drug out to way too many shows and she did fine. But as the end of the season got to, you know, August or September, the last show I could tell that like I probably did some damage to that, to those attachments by pushing her so hard as a yearling. And sure enough, she freshened the next year and her attachments were rough because she was a heavy producer and she got pushed so hard. And so now I'm more cognizant of, okay, this is a type of udder or dough that I can't push too hard. I can only get a couple really good fills on her a year and that's it. Or this is a dough that's, you know, tried and true and she can go through the gamut and, and is well put together and I don't have to worry about it. Do you guys worry about burning out animals when you're deciding who's going to go out to these shows? I'll jump in on this and say no, but the reason I don't worry about this is because I am not going to enough shows with my does that this is a consideration between judging life and trying to meet the demands there and helping out with all the shows that need judges between real life. My show schedule has gotten a lot smaller over the years. So instead of going to seven, eight, nine, ten 10 shows, I'm probably only going to four or five on a good year. So my does are not really pushed that way too much. I will occasionally make sure that I take weather into consideration on if I'm even attending a show, but that's the extent of it. It's not necessarily the burnout, but just the effect of that show. And sometimes we'll cancel or maybe not consider a show because of the fact that the weather just is going to be detrimental to those does more on the body condition though, than that mammary system. So I, 
maybe not necessarily view it differently, but have a, a bit of a different perspective on it. Danielle, I also am in the same boat as you are. I am now to the point where I'm trying to find that balance between judging assignments and showing my own animals. So last year and probably this year, I'm, I'll probably hit that four to five, maybe even six shows range, but not the eight to 10 that I used to. Um, so I'm not necessarily as much worried about burning them out um, in the way John asked, but I think more about their mammary system later on than I do. Can this doe physically make it to that many shows? Um, because if you're uttering a doe up eight, eight or nine weekends, that's yeah. going to have a, a pretty, pretty significant impact, not only on her attachments, but um, I think her production next year. So I'd be a little more inclined maybe to rotate my show string out in and out some. That way it's not that same hot yearling milker showing eight weekends, uttering up eight weekends. That way to kind of to think about years to come so that that mammary system stays intact. Even this year or that year too, every time you mess with and you want to do it for a show, you want to fill them because that's going to really show their utter off. But when you bag them up, that is changing the supply and demand that that doe's mammary system is used to. And when you go to dry them off, what do you do? You stop milking them a little bit. And so obviously you're not drying them off in this case, but you are telling the doe, hold up. I don't need as much milk as you're giving me. I need you to kind of stop for a second. So when you're constantly expecting that of her udder, it's also messing with that production a little bit. I feel for that year. And if you are on milk test and you are concerned about what those numbers that are going to be your end of the year lactation, it is something to consider too, because realistically, if that dough is being filled every weekend, she should not have the same milk production record I, I don't even really know if it's possible, but she should not have that milk production record that she would if she was sitting in the barn every single day doing the same thing over and over again, getting milked on a routine and all of those things. Well, thinking of them sitting in the barn, this goes right into our next question. On the flip side of things, there's this concept of keeping something in your barn for the for a year or two and then you know letting them come out as a three-year-old second or third freshener uh, do you guys tend to let them stay at home and mature and relax or are you bringing them out i mean obviously nationals we want to have those for age class but just like regular shows are you bringing less young animals and more older mature animals to shows so i can start with this one um if I think they're competitive enough to compete in their individual age class, even if they're maybe not necessarily going to win grand or reserve, I'm probably going to bring them out some just to get them that experience in the ring. Mm -hmm. And going back to that last question a little bit, uttering up your does is a fine line because you do want to stretch that utter out a little bit and get them used to that. But you also don't want to do it so much to the point that it hurts their production. So I think it benefits some to bring those younger does out to a couple of shows, utter them up a little bit, and get their mammary systems used to that. That way they can be more prepared for it later on. Oh, so I will typically bring some younger does out for that purpose. And just to, um, you know, just so people are able to see what's up and coming in my own herd. I think it helps to bring some younger does out. And then that's going to prove um, the bucks that you're using. People are going to know what direction your breeding program is moving in. If you're bringing out competitive young does in addition to more mature does. And sometimes I will do the same thing. This is a two-year-old. She's a competitive two-year-old that I like. But then I know she's not going to go grand. The other thing is, or is she more of a peace goat that... I know in a few years she's going to be something, but maybe she's not even something I want out there. And so I do kind of consider that some of my does will come out and they don't have the body capacity to be competitive, or maybe they have too much body capacity for their mammary system. So is she going to be competitive in her class? And am I okay with that? Or is she going to get lost because she needs that extra year? So 
it's pretty much the same for me with what Cade said, but just kind of there's a little bit of uh, consideration on how she looks and what I'm expecting for her for that year. In the past, I used to bring pretty much everything that had a heartbeat, like I said earlier, but uh, now this year, we're definitely taking into consideration. You know, we've got a couple champions that are sitting in the barn and maybe some will come out and and strut their stuff and kind of knock off some dust. But we're going to kind of just stay cognizant of what we have. And if something's not ready to be out there, you know, we're not going to bring them out. Uh, Also, you know, I think about all these hot shows. There's been shows where I have had animals in 100 plus degree weather that should not have been out at a, a dumb show. They should have been sitting at home and in front of fans and trying to stay cool instead of being stressed by being uttered up and and sitting in the sun for a show, which is just dumb. But that was COVID year, so we wanted to go to at least one show, right? But now I if it's a hot show, I'm like if I if I look at the weather and I see it's gonna be a ninety eight hundred and ten degree day, that definitely changes what I'm gonna bring out a little bit. Um do, do you guys let the time of year dictate how many or who's coming out to show? It does a little bit, particularly for me in those later shows of whether or not that animal can still maintain the bloom that I want in that mammary system. And if she hasn't gained too much weight, particularly I think about our big fall show is the big E. And are we seeing the same production that's going to give her a competitive mammary system in October that we were seeing in the spring or summer shows is she gaining too much weight because she's kind of hit that spot where she's not putting it all into her milk and she's now gaining body condition. There's different factors that play into it for me, but for the most part, it's pretty similar, but it's just, I think for me, the biggest kind of consideration is those later shows just is the dough producing enough and have the same bloom to her udder. I would echo that point as well. You know, when you get into those later fall shows, not only are you going to are you going to have to be considering bloom to the mammary system, but let's say you're getting to the end of your 305-day lactation and you have a first freshener who's on the verge of her milk star or her AR, if you take her out to a bunch of fall shows and you're uttering her up hard, you know, you might hurt your chances of that, you know, end of the end of the lactation production that you need to get the star, get your AR or whatever it is that you're working for in that sense. So for me, I don't worry as much about um, those spring and summer shows. If anything in the spring shows, I might think the opposite, you know, is that, is this dough too fresh to go out? Is she, um, you know, she only kidded three weeks ago. Do I really need to be uttering her up that hard this early in the year yet? So For me, thinking about those early shows, are they too fresh or are they not in the late shows, is uttering her up going to impact her production as she is ending her lactation? Yeah, I I see these posts on on Facebook of people uh, that are like, yeah, my my doe kitted at the show and she's here (laughs) strutting her stuff. I'm like, you got to be absolutely insane to first of all bring a doe that is kidding at a show, just not not even already have freshened and <laughs> the stress for that alone but then then you're gonna fill her up and and have her go in the show show ring i mean that's just nuts to me well and it's also i know my does when they kid they're not looking their best they yep. their body structurally changes mm-hmm. in preparation for that kidding they have you will see a doe will her muscles which will change so change so she can propel those babies out of her and they're bouncing back and some does just like people will bounce back pretty quickly and you won't really be able to tell but then others just take that little bit more time to have that dorsal process blend into that rump again or to be more level in that top line, or to have the condition on that body because she's not putting it all into the babies now that you would see. And so there's just different things that, is it really worth bringing those does out and stressing to consider? So now I'm gonna jump in and ask the next, the next question. And that is, does the competition at the show influence 
what you're bringing out. So if you know somebody is coming to a show, are you making sure you're bringing out your power hitters so that you're competitive? Or if you know this is a smaller show, is this your chance to bring not necessarily your mediocre animals, but your middle tier animals to the shows in the chance that they could get a leg or how does that influence who's coming out to a show? Uh, it depends who it is, I suppose, but I don't, <laughs> I don't usually let the competition uh, dictate how, what I'm going to do. Um, you know, if it's like a specialty show, then yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try to rock it, but uh, regular shows, it doesn't, it usually doesn't matter who's there. I just kind of bring what I want to bring. That makes sense. I will say I'm a little different with that. I not necessarily plan for shows, but I do know that there's some shows that my does are probably going to be walking away with the rosette. Just there's not very many competitions, not necessarily there in their breed, or I've seen the animals out there that are coming for from other breeders. And so those shows, I might actually say, all right, who do I need to finish that's having a hard time getting that last leg? Because ultimately, I know we talked about it, there is a lot of value in those finished champions. And so who, if I attend this show and bring out maybe not my all-star who just appraised 90, but maybe the doe that appraised 87. And I know 87s and 90s don't necessarily correlate to how they perform in the ring, but just to kind of give a little bit of perspective here and let that doe shine because she's the quote unquote best of what I'm bringing out that day. Maybe that's what I'm going to want to do for, but then other shows, I, if I know that somebody's bringing out a really nice doe that I want to compete with, I'm going to make sure I'm bringing out the animals that can compete with her. So that's sometimes competition influences it. And other times it's just, what are we ha- what's going to show up? I have no idea and we're just going to have fun and see what happens. Right. So for me, I think competition is going to influence it more so later in the year at those at those fair shows. Um mm-hmm. if you're going to a one ring county fair show where there's going to be a lot of 4H exhibitors, a lot of younger herds, I might take that as my opportunity not to take out my B team, but maybe a doe who um needs a little more time to mature or kind of like we were talking earlier. Maybe she's got too much body and not out of memory, but she could still compete with the right set of goats in the ring. I might use that as my opportunity to get one step ahead for the next year, get a junior leg on one of my kids. If it's later in the year, Um, get an extra milking leg on a doe that wouldn't compete against some of the does I may take out earlier in the year to some spring or early summer shows for spring shows and early summer shows, I find that's where a lot of there's going to be typically a lot more competition at those shows, especially if they're multi-ring, four-ring, six-ring shows. I'm typically, hopefully, going to be bringing out the does that I think are best going to compete with, um, best compete anyway at those shows. So for me, I think the time that I most think about competition would be those later shows um, and smaller fair shows. That way, I can think strategically for the next year as far as getting junior legs and an extra milking leg. I, I kind of want to transition there a little bit too. And we're, we're talking as you know, Danielle having Nubians, you having Nigerian dwarf goats, Cade, and obviously have Oberhasli. Have you ever been in a position where you need to bring animals to make the show official? And, and does that influence, influence which animals come out? I mean, for me, I kind of feel like it's just like you were speaking about fair show where obviously if we're struggling to make it official you're gonna have the odds in your favor a little bit so if you're bringing out extra animals and i kind of think okay well this first freshener might be able to sneak in a leg because you know there's not going to be too much competition here Uh, does that do you try to like stack the cards in your favor as far as those kind of situations go I honestly think the breed that I have disqualifies me from answering this question. (laughs) I truly don't think there has ever been a time when I have been showing goats where I have had to bring extra animals to make numbers. Unless it's some (laughs) odd case where there 
are Nigerian bucks that are sanctioned, and I someone convinces me to bring an extra junior buck kid. But it's mm. on the doe side, I I've never had to do that, and I don't foresee <laughs> that happening really anytime soon. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. For me with the Nubians, it's pretty much the same. I mean, there are some shows where it is just official, but I also know that typically my show string is probably five milkers anyway. Then you add in two yearlings that I'd always throw on the trailer or what have you, and that's already seven. So then we just need three extra animals. So it's very easy to get to that official number, particularly in the a open show for a doe. But then I think about my recorded grade and it seems that I've always only had a recorded grade or two junior recorded grades. It's not a great big population here. I know there's been a back when back prior to NG, there was a paperwork issue with my recorded grade that she wasn't getting her champion. Like she was finished, but she wasn't getting that championship paper. And we were just about official for a show. And I was trying to say, okay, do I throw her on the trailer and milk her out? Because at that time, because champion legs were or champion papers were coming quickly, that was pretty much what you were doing. You would, if you had to bring a doe, you would milk her out. But then I also know that some judges see that doe, even though she was this beast of a doe, but if she didn't have that mammary system, were they going to necessarily put her where she what where she should have placed against some other goats? And so I was very hesitant to bring her out because I didn't want different exhibitors at that show to say, "Oh, I my doe who was in milk beat this doe," and leave out the fact that she was milked out for that show. But it ended up not being an issue anyway. But just different things like that. More on the flip side of. How are, how is it going to go over there? Or if I know the recorded grades aren't official, is it worth stressing my doe out and bringing her out for that show? So just things I consider with that. Yeah, I, I think that's that's perfect there. And guys, I want to end it with this last kind of question, but also if you want to add any tips, more than welcome to here. Uh, with your show string, I think one thing that, I see a lot of is that people are bringing way too many to a show that they can't handle because they don't have the help or they haven't planned for help and it really holds up a show. So one thing that I try to stay cognizant with, with my program is I have, you know, three, two year olds. Well, guess what? I'm probably going to call one out of my program or sell because she's like true cold call. Uh, but I'm, I'm I kind of want to keep two in each, in each group. So that way, you know, Tierney and I can handle it. Um, that way I'm not bringing out a ton. Obviously with junior kids, it's a little bit different as they mature. You, you kind of make those decisions as you go. Uh, but for me, I just kind of want to remind people and the listeners here that uh, one of the big things you want to do with your show string is keep it manageable and, and, you know, keep in mind that not only is it crazy to bring out 50 goats to a show, uh, unless it's nationals, uh, but it's it's also probably not going to be a fun time. And aren't we supposed to have fun at these shows? Exactly. Ultimately, you want to be, ha- like you said, you want to be having fun, but you also want to be presenting your animals to their best advantage. And if your time is divided taking care of way too many animals, it's going to be detrimental to the ones you really, really need to shine. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like Like I mentioned earlier, you know, when you when you have five or six animals in a class, you're typically not going to come to that show with handlers already lined out. So you're asking people ringside to take your goats in. That's not only holding up the show, but are your animals really being shown to the best advantage when you're taking them into the ring under those circumstances? Um, obviously, it's at, to each their own, but for mm-hmm. me, I find much more it's much more enjoyable for me when i have a smaller more manageable show string that allows me to for one talk to people about goats cuz you know 
Isn't that exactly. one of the main reasons we go to goat shows is to have is that social aspect of sharing stories, um, exchanging ideas, and just seeing what everybody else is doing with their breeding program. Um, that's just harder to do when you are torn between trying to get 30 goats to the ring on time and keeping them healthy and keeping them managed while you're there. So I think it needs to be a fine line between having a good time enjoying yourself at the show and also showing your animals off to their best advantage. I couldn't have said it better, Cade. Perfectly said. Anything else you wanted to add, Cade, before we wrap this episode up? Well, I did have one thing, and that's I hope the listeners realize that showing dairy goats is a game of chess, not checkers. It shouldn't be a game time decision. When when I'm thinking back to what my show string in the summer of 2023 is going to look like. I didn't start thinking about that in January of 23. I started thinking about that probably in January of 22, because that's how you're going. You're going to make breeding decisions based on what classes you want your kids in, based on um, when you need your dose to freshen so that they can be the most competitive. There are just so many factors that go into creating a show string that it can't just be done overnight or a couple months in advance. I um, would just encourage everybody who is maybe starting out or thinking about creating their showstring for the first time, think long in advance and be strategic about it and use as much calculus as possible to do so. <laughs> Hopefully you're good at math. <laughs> None of us are good at goat math though. So <laughs> Yes. Well, Cade, if anybody wanted to find out more about your farm or you, where would they go? So I do have a website, cadeslittlefarm.com, C-A-D-E-S-L-I-L farm.com. Cade's Little Farm is also on Facebook, and you can also find me personally on Facebook just at Cade Cockburn. I'm always willing to talk goats, so if anybody wanted to message me and talk goats after this podcast, I would be absolutely thrilled. Thank you again for joining us and uh, be sure to check out Cade's little farm. He's got some pretty stupendous Nigerian dwarf goats and now Sonnens and that token La Mancha that's not too shabby herself. Everybody, this has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John and Danielle disappeared in the stratosphere. We'll catch you in the next one. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.